previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Ogberg Alistair says you're going to need to get into the castle as soon as possible so that you can locate the real circlet of the Diademic Zorius. I did put in a call last night to one of my allies. Why would we have to use other allies? As he's saying that, you hear, My name's Debbie. How you doing? He will be able to help you get into the castle. Is that what I signed up for? Got this fancy dancy little uh, director. Lead the way, Sir King W. Let's let the director direct. And the director is pointing you in the direction of a specific bakery. Proceed to the cellar of Goldie's Buns and Breads. Need distraction out here to lure people out here so we can get in there undetectified. I'm gonna walk in through the front door that's just walking through people. One big guy says, hey. Well, he's about to get his ass kicked, so that's a distraction. Yes, a distraction. Prothean neck, right hand, like you would a bad kid. Point back, left hand, snap, uh, light show outside. Okay, so press the digitation is going on. My good people, what the fuck is that? You proceed through the back door, and uh, down in the cellar, you can hear the director proceed through the door on the west wall of the cellar but you can't see a door. I want to take a handful of the flour and walk along the wall, like slightly tossing some up to see if there's a draft. And sure enough, there is a gap. Behind the shelf, you see a very old door. So I'm going to try to pick the slot. <gasps> Kick it. Uh, you know, never mind. I'm not going to pick this lock. <laughs> Proceed through the door into the ancient sewer system of Principium. It is pitch black in there. Suddenly there is a flash of dark green scales. Prothean, you are going to get hit by a snake bite as it lunges from the water straight for your jugular. I am going to do a religious check and call for Torm to bless my sword and harpoon the snake with a great sword. Fuck the snake, we gotta go. You follow the director's instructions as it leads you up through a tower and actually leads to the viewing gallery that overlooks the throne room. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. Does anybody here play an elf? I'm a half elf. (laughs) (laughs) Why do elves have pointy ears? Because otherwise there's no point to them. Ha! Eat a bag of dicks! This is why I just gotta stick with the other ones. You guys ruin it. Brad Richards. So, according to the sacred <laughs> damn it, that elf thing really got me. Oh, shit. According to the sacred text of uh, Parmar, uh, a crowded wagon will smell different to a halfling. Explain. <laughs> Fuck you, <me> explain. <laughs> it's best if we don't. It's a Here, halfling. Let, let me word it a little differently for you. A crowded elevator. Oh, okay. Confucius say. Eric Nemeth. So my sponsor was telling me I cannot go to church anymore. Why? I ate all the crackers. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the wine. Yeah, that's what you guys thought. Fuck you. Is that kind of like the same deal where like, <clears throat> you never believe the crazy shit people do in this world. I was in church last Sunday and this 
uh, bitch next to me lights up a cigarette and I almost spilled my whiskey. Is that kind of the same deal as what you're going for? No, I was just going somebody who's stupid. Oh, yeah. Word. You're putting too much thought into this. Which is a first. And Brad Renfro. Hey, Paul, why did the scarecrow get a raise at work? Why? Because <laughs> he was outstanding in the field. Well done. You got me. Uh, we are a 5th edition actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, and uh, we are absent one Matt Smith, one Fat Smith, today. He is out of town, and uh, we will miss him dearly. But until he gets back... Don't put words in my mouth. We're not gonna miss him. Fuck He's man. fine. He's a grown-ass man. Doing grown-ass man shit. Who the fuck is Matt? We can do this little boy game in the bas- basement without Matt. In the basement. In the basement. <laughs> Uh. Well, I promise I shan't put any further words in your mouth, because we are going to hop right into the episode where we left off, and that would be at the top of the throne room in the balcony where musicians and or the queen and her attendants would sit and observe the proceedings of the throne room. Uh, You got there after following an associate of Augberg's named W., who had a magic device that led you through the sewers and up a secret passage into the upper tier of the throne room. Uh, As you look down over the throne room, you can see that there are four guards, two by the door that leads into the throne room and two at the rear of the throne room, which is about 10 feet to your right and down 30 feet. The throne room is 30 feet wide by 50 feet long, There are tapestries placed every 10 feet hanging from the walls. And in the ground, there are posts placed about 10 feet away from the wall to indicate where courtiers should stand around the edge of the room. In the center of the room, you can see the throne of Trugala, which is made of very old, aged, dark wood. And even from up here, you can see that it is intricately carved and it has some embossing on the cushions. Above you in the throne room, there are skylights, uh, which allow natural light into the area. Uh, Behind you is a walkway that leads from this balcony to another tower, which you would assume is part of the royal uh, quarters. That way the queen can come straight from her quarters to the throne room. So uh, I believe W, now that he has officially gotten you into the castle and to your desired destination, he has something that he wishes to say. I don't know if he does. Hey, W, I got a, I got a question for you. You're already committed and in with this group now. We've come to, we've come to accept you. We love you. You, you have served us well. You've served your country well. And uh, I guess what I'm, what I'm asking to say, I think uh, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of Ambionitis and myself here. When, when I'd say. We'd like to welcome you to the club. You welcome, wanna... Squidward. Welcome, Squidward. <laughs> welcome, Squidward. You want, you want to see this one through with us here, W? We've already lost Abe. We really need your help. I'm talking like a second term, maybe a third or fourth term. <laughs> Ambionitis. I think W, uh, he, he's looking like he's hurt trying to uh, make a decision. Why don't you talk to him? T- try to talk some sense into him. Hey, I'm saying if he leaves, gets four terms, he could save this country. Uh, Dalvia jumps in and says, you know, W... If, if you do wish to stay and help, I'm, I'm sure that that would be much appreciated. Otherwise, um, I know Abe just ran off to go keep watch. Perhaps you could 
just kind of make sure that our tracks are covered, make sure that nobody notices the fact that we broke down a door in the great hall of the castle, and she throws a glare towards Ambionitis. It was a door. It looked good. I had to hit it. Dalvia brings up a really good point, though. We are down one man right now, W. We could really use you sticking around with us. I second that opinion. In case these communist bastards try to <laughs> try to slow us down. Shit, I don't know if I can stay here with you. I have more shit to do down in Texas. Over in the... Some people call Principium. I can't say that word. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch this door over here. Cover the, the tracks. You know, we're gonna strategify here. I'll be back. I'll see you on the way out. So, W, I'm not sure if uh, we've had this conversation yet, but like I said, pretty fond of you. I am a what some people might call an entrepreneur. So Don't plug your gym to I number need, 43, okay? <laughs> I need you. <ya. laughs> I need you. I do have a chain of gyms that I'm trying to run, and I can give you an office in one of my gyms. It could be oval if you like it that way. If you help see it, see this one through with us. Sean, do you understand I'm a politician? I'm not a business man, if you will. I just do oral sometimes. I gotta go back to Texas. So you do oral sometimes? No, that's his buddy, Kennedy. You mean Clinton? <laughs> no, that's my brother from another mother, Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, but will it not look good to the people? I always see you doing that thing with the peoples with your hand, where you're talking about the people. If you are involved in the communities... Through helping run an establishment to help people defend themselves. Hexor jumps in and says, Hey, let's let W go and watch the door. Because we are above some guards. And if they hear us, we are screwed. You know, Hexor, I've always gotten the feeling that you didn't like W. Is there a reason that you don't want him to be a part of this group? Hexor, why don't you watch the door? Well, hold on. I've seen what Hexor can do in battle. I haven't seen W in battle. I, I kind of want Hexor around, but do you and W have beef? Was there something I missed? No, sir. Bill Shatner over here doesn't bother me at all. I just have duties to attend to. Hey, said duty. Yes. Did you not hear him? He has duties. Yeah, he said duties too. <laughs> that shit's funny. <laughs> all right, Hexor. I'll remember this. I was just trying to, you know... Like I said, Ambionitis and I have, have bonded pretty well with W over here. He, he he seems to be just like a strangely, like he's the same person almost. And uh, we we just want him around longer. That's all, W. How, how can we reach you after after said endeavors? Summer stop you right there, Greeny Meanie. Listen here, Green Machine, if you will. So I might be back eventually after I'm done with my duties and protecting this door that is no longer here. Because the other green machine put a size 22 on it. Broke that bitch down. So I'm going to let y'all go do your thing. Go watch this. I might be back. We might reconnect later. Do you have an extra sending stone that we can just, we could use them back and forth? Dalvia comes over and starts, like, guiding W out back the way he came, and she looks over her shoulder at Brixius and goes... Don't worry, my father knows how to reach him, and uh, as soon as we finish this, I will make sure that he gets you a sending stone, okay? Bye-bye, W. No, there's so many things I need to tell him before I write it in my diary. W, no! <laughs> and W is gone. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Dalvia Hexor. Fuck. All right, well... I was starting to get confusing. <laughs> well, now, here we are. You said there's guards beneath us, huh? Yes. All right. Now, we need to think of a plan. I draw my sword. 
<laughs> yes, Prothean, this might be a time when you need your sword, but let's be quiet and let's figure this out because if those four guards raise the alarm, we are screwed. So we need to figure out a way to deal with them all at once or so that they never see us. Are we still in my pass without trace? It lasts for an hour. Um, I'm going to say that it's over. How far are the guards away from each other? Are they like a foot away? So each of the pairs of guards are 20 yards apart. And then there's a pair at either end of the throne room, which is 50 yards long. I got an idea. What if we get them to kill each other? Here's how. Mage hand comes, slips finger in butthole of one. He thinks his buddy did it. He's not too happy because his buddy, he, he, he assumes his buddy just popped a finger in his butthole while they were on guard. Sodomized him. <laughs> yeah. And then he turns. They start killing each other. Other guards are drawn to the attention of that happening. And then that's when we hit him. I can cast silence around the area and we just, you know, split up and bonk them. If they're underneath of us, why don't we just Assassin's Creed them and just jump down with, like, great swords out and just impale them? Yeah, like, off the top ropes, we just drop the elbow. We could do that, too, but we need to, we need to get them all here underneath the railing, and I think the way we start that is with a diversion to cause a commotion so that the other ones come over. I don't know if sodomy is the correct way to go about this. Would you prefer a wet willy? <laughs> Like, did someone say distraction? Spartan kicks Brixius, like, <laughs> off the balcony into the middle of everybody. Hey, wait, who did... I was about to... When you said distraction, I was about to turn and donkey kick Jet over the railing, and you're saying... Just that, learned. <laughs> I mean, if I was thrown over the edge, I'm thrown over the edge, but... I, well, yeah, Jet, are you actually doing that, or are you joking? Because I figured you were just joking. I mean, if we get the party rolling, it, it might actually be a decent idea. Wait... Before you do that, I, I, I see you lining up like you're about to spear me. I'm like, Jet, hold on. You said that we need to make sure they do not sound an alarm, huh? Where is the alarm? You look, and over near the door to the throne room, there is a long uh, rope, and that is next to the farthest guard from you. All right, next idea here. Jet, you, you still hold on. Don't spear me quite yet. I'm still curious to see kind of what happens here. What if we just... I just imagine, like, Brixius isn't even looking at him, just reaches out a hand because he can see it coming. It's just like, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's like the little twerpy kid who's just trying to, like, reach in the arm. is too long and he's underneath. Well, first of all, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's not exactly how it would happen, and... but in my head, that's a really funny scenario. Jet is an established fighter. Like, he could actually kick a lot of ass if we just, like... I, I, I picture it's more one of these things. You have too much respect for us to actually try to do anything to us, so we just bull you. Um, now, what if we were to just cast a nice little firebolt and burn up the rope so nobody could pull it, so there's no alarm, and then we jump into said ring, and it becomes like... Oh, I have an idea. Why don't I sneaky sneak over by the alarm? That way, if anybody gets too close to it, I'll just cast silence so no sound will come from the alarm. Or we just cut the rope so nobody can pull it. Prothean idea. I take my longsword and my greatsword and one in each hand, harpoon the no. two guys outside, jump down, snap the next to the other two. That's All right, not yeah, a good let's idea. sit back and see how that goes. Um, but we do need to make sure the rope doesn't get pulled. Dalvia jumps in and says, All right, I'm hearing a lot of good ideas, actually. Making sure that the rope doesn't get pulled is a great option. 
but we also yes. have to make sure that they don't exit the room because those two that are next to the alarm pole, the rope pole, they're also next to the entrance and exit to the room. Abe, do you still got that flamethrower? Abe is back down the balcony <laughs> and uh, he's keeping a lookout outside and he hears you, looks back and just shakes his head. Oh, that doesn't seem like a very Abe thing to do. And then he flips you off too. Oh, that's my guy. <laughs> I give him two. Actually, three. I raised the mage hand. And he's got a boner. Actually, four. <laughs> four. While we're still discussing everything here, can I go ahead and take an action to change the composition of my composition staff to, to said Gumby material? Gumby material? Just very elastic, my whip. What about oh, okay. pokey? Got it. I could go pokey, but... How do you have Gumby without pokey? All right, here's 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 my final say on the plan, team. What we're going to do, Jet, you turn invisible, you walk on walls, you get over there and block the back door, so if anybody tries to come through, they'll go to open the door and they'll be hit by an invisible man. All back doors will be protected tonight. First door... So, wait, was one of the doors underneath the balcony where we're at and there's two guards by it? No, so let me go ahead and lay out the room again. It is 30 feet wide by 50 feet long. You are 30 feet up on a balcony that is 20 feet into the throne room. So if you're at the front doors, there's only one set of doors that lead into the throne room. If you are there and you're looking down the length of the throne room, 20 feet in and up to the right is the balcony where minstrels and or the queen would sit and watch. Gotcha. So it's on kind of the length of it. So we're kind of on the side and then there's like a door then way over to our left and way over to our right. There's no door to your right. There's only the one entrance and exit from the throne room. Why did I think there were two doors? All right. So Jet, you go block that door. Uh, then what we have to do is make sure the rope doesn't get pulled. Our two options is either we like throw something sharp and we cut it so it can't be pulled or we throw a firebolt or something so it can't be pulled or my mage hand goes and it grabs the end of it and just holds it up in the air pretty high so that nobody can reach it and then while that's going on nobody can pull the rope the door is blocked Prothean and Ambionitis you guys can go in there and start hurting people Ambionitis yes sir you get the two below us I'll get the two on the misty stuff misstep to the opposite side of the room and kill the two other guards by the door. Yep. Alright, so is everybody, and Hexor and Alvia, you guys just stand here and watch. If you have uh, uh, something to record this happening, I think it's going to make a viral video one day, so you guys can just uh, watch uh, it. What's a video? It's a... Uh, Porn. Stop motion picture. Fuck you. Hey, fuck you. Fuck you. Paul, <laughs> how weak are these guys? Would I be able to, like, dual wield a great sword, a long sword, and stab them both at the same time after Missy stepping? I guess we'll have to wait and see when you go to hit them, and Paul's like, yeah, they have 187 health. I'm wondering if they're actually like regular humans or some bullshit. Uh, you could ask your fighter friend who has the ability to observe enemies. I do have this, uh, this awesome feat called Know Your Enemy. And also, <laughs> you are just a human too, Sir Paladin. Uh, in terms of Dunstan Dragons... We're basically demigods. Just the regular human has what? Ten health? Just any old average commoner? Yeah. Yeah. You were talking commoners. 
here's here's the thing. So I can I can ask two questions in relation to my scores. So just as if I have been spending at least one hour observing. No, hold on. One minute observing an enemy. DM tells if creature is greater than, less than, or equal to in two categories. Prothean, that is a phenomenal question to ask about how strong these men are. They're weak. Every man is weak compared to us. What's a health at? All right, Dungeon Master. Uh, you see one person in full plate armor at the front door, and then one person in full plate armor at the rear of the throne room. And then the partner in each of those pairs is wearing robes uh, and has a less uh, bulky sort of look to them. Each of those people appear to be more learned than uh, strong. What is it, thaumaturgy, where you can, like, heat an object? Could anybody cast something like that? Just heat up the guy's armor? Well, I think it's well, more... just Missy stepped right in front of him and inflict wounds on him. Well, yeah, that's fine. We're, we're going to kill these guys. That's, that's totally fine. We're, we're going to do that literally momentarily. But I guess I would like to do it once for kind of each, each, of, the, each of the guys within the pair. So the armored guy and the, the, smart, the smart looking nerd. Um, so I guess in relation to... Well, this is always stupid because it's in relation to me. So... Uh, I guess for either of them, are their hit points greater than, less than, or equal to 76? Less than for both. All right, sweet. And then, um, hmm. So I can ask about strength score, dexterity score, constitution, AC, current hit points. Ask about the yeah. proficiency bonus. What about their, their AC? Their armor class, is it greater than, less than, or equal to 16? Uh, the brawny individuals... They are greater than 16, and the robed individuals are less than 16. Sweet. So that's all I wanted to ask there. All right. Team, do we all know the plan here? Yes, and I'm just going to, at that point, stealth my way over to position guarding exit. All right. So before you go, uh, did you already leave? Damn it, Jet. Yeah. I was going to do a team break. How are you leaving, Jet? I put my hand in the middle and Jet just walks away. He turns invisible and disappears before he could put his hand in. Well, I can't, like, is it, would you say this room is, like, dimly lit or anything, or is it normal lighting? It's normal lighting. So, yeah, at that point, I'm just gonna kind of, like, kind of, like, Spider-Man crawl along the wall or something to get to the area, or is there, like, a place I can still stay elevated balcony level by the exit? The balcony is the only level platform higher up. All right, so very quietly here, I'm going to... Since we're already elevated, people aren't usually looking, like, up towards the ceiling. That's probably the best way to just, like, walk along the wall and towards the ceiling. And I'm going to try to, like, drop down, uh, like, and hide behind, like, the... You said there's, like, the curtains every so often. I'm going to hide behind the curtains there. Uh, yeah, there are tapestries, so... My speed is 50, so it sounds like it maths out. Well, like a serpentine pattern, or yeah, I just drop down quietly. So, if you're going to just run and then drop down directly in front of the door, I'm going to need you to give me... First of all, I need you to give me a stealth check, and then I need you to give me an acrobatics check. 
Alright, and while he's That's rolling fair. for the che checks, I do want to clarify that I was trying to do a team break, and then everything else is supposed to be happening kind of simultaneously. Like, between what everybody else is going to be doing is how I kind of imagined it. I don't think any... I have no idea what everybody else is supposed to be doing, so this is going to be interesting. So my stealth check was... 13 plus 9 is... 22. And then my acrobatics was a 25. Okay. Um, and then... Also, did you redo the pass without trace? Nope. I forgot it. Everybody got me so hyped up. Okay. Um... And then what is everybody else doing simultaneously? And then we will um, deal with the fallout of whatever happens. <laughs> well, I had put my hand in the middle for a team break, and I was going to say, get fucked on three. Did anybody else join in, or did everybody else just leave me by myself? <laughs> uh, I think after I was told to uh, get the guys below me, I probably just launched myself over the railing <laughs> and murdered the dog shit out of these guys. And I was doing a misty step, a misty step up right to the guy in plate armor. All right, so a great sword out. Which which guy in plate armor, Prothean? <laughs> uh, opposite side of the room by the door. <laughs> I put my hand in the middle. I see Jet just disappear. <laughs> I see everybody else kind of leave. I turn and I look. Did uh, Dalvia or Hexor join in, or did I get stood up by the, those fools as well? Dalvia is, is biting her nails, and she's like, "This is not going to work. This is not going to work." And Hexor looks around and then puts his hand in and goes, Get fucked! <laughs> but me and him both yell it way too loud that we draw everybody's attention because we were too hyped. 100% that happens. Alright. Um, it echoes throughout the room. But then, as that's happening, everything else is simultaneous. So, Brixius shouts far too loud. He gets uh, very... Get fucked! He gets very uh, excited about what's about to happen. And even though you'd been up there whispering all this time, it's not until that moment when he shouts, Get fucked! That the guards look up just as Jet drops down in between the two guards next to the door. So when Jet lands, even though he lands soft as a feather, they have been alerted to a sound inside the throne room and are aware of the fact that something just appeared next to them. They both turn to look at Jet just as Prothean appears with Misty Step. Actually, Prothean, your Misty Step only goes 30 feet, so you actually come literally flying out of the air because you're 30 feet up off the ground. Can I impale him while flying? As you <laughs> you come, just hold your greatsword like a pogo stick <laughs> so that when you come down... <laughs> you just down B with Link and Smash Bros, yes. buddy. Yeah. Just as Ambionitis comes launching... From the top shelf down onto which of the two guys are you hitting uh, underneath you, Ambionitis? Yep. Which one? The <laughs> robed one or the one in full plate armor? Yes, sir. The robed one sounds like a softer landing. Uh, how how close are they next to each other? More than eight feet apart. Oh, really? <laughs> That's unfortunate. I'll probably try planting the fucking guy in half plate's armor's head through his ass. Okay, so from the top shelf... 30 feet down, straight onto the head of the soldier in plate armor, and I'm going to need Prothean to roll attack, I need Ambionitis to roll attack, and then we're going to roll initiative and figure out what the hell happens. And since Ambionitis landed on a person, he takes no fall damage, right? You know what? We will, uh, 
We will take some fall damage for both Ambionitis and Prothean. No, I was talking him out of it. But I'm landing on this guy's fucking head. He's cradling him. Uh, Ambionitis, his head through his ass. you are going to take eight damage when you fall, and Prothean, you are going to take, oh, fuck, 12 damage. His the fuck? His spinal cord was a spring. What kind of roll am I doing? Uh, you're rolling for attack. How much health did I just lose, Paul? 12. 12. 12. 12. Am I proficient in stopping dudes' heads through their asses? Uh, Only if they were made of wood. I mean, you're attacking with your warhammer, right? Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> so then, yes, you would be proficient. Okay. Roll a 19. Okay, that's going to hit. I got a 23. That is also going to hit. And since this is basically a surprise round, you can take full actions. So that means that you could attack again if you wanted to. Oh, I get to smash his head back up through his asshole? This is hot. My second hit was a nine. Yeah, uh, nine will not hit. Ambionitis, what did what did your second attack? Literally the same fucking thing. It was 19. Oh, nice. All right, so that's two attacks for Ambionitis and one for Prothean. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I did 18. Uh, 12 for the first and 15 for the second. That knocks both of the armored soldiers to bloodied status and now all four guards are aware of your presence and I need everybody to roll for initiative I rolled a 9 I rolled a 22 I rolled a 3 19 Brixius you rolled a 9 correct alright Jet is first Jet has landed safely in front of the doors and uh to your right is the knight in full armor being impaled by Prothean, and to your left is the robed figure who has not yet reacted. You are uh, ten feet away from each. Alright, well, I guess since everyone is, yes, indeed noticing me, I'm just immediately dashing at the one who has not reacted yet and is not being impaled. Can I, like, while I'm running up to him, since my staff is now essentially a lasso, just give him a good old, like, smack whip with it, and then when I get up to him, do my bonus punch? Sure. Okay. So we're running up to him, right, using my quarter staff whip. I rolled a 17. That will hit. Also, uh, just to double check, you are, like, when you switch the composition, you are using the different uh, modifiers on it. You're not always doing the same damage. Each different type has different damage. No, wait, was I given? Hold on. Rookie, come on. No, I, I remember that because there, there was, like, the point of, like, having, you know, the risk of making, like, the really hard one is it does, like, 1d12 or something instead of, you know, whatever it might have been. Yeah, I'm going to have to find out where I wrote this down. Hold on. Might be the first time I really messed up, guys. Not on a note card. Looks like I'm going to have to be read the fine print on my character sheet. Ben's got it all in the uh, Google Doc. No way. Hold on. Yeah, that's a good point. Let me... All right, yeah. So types of leather, fabric, or other soft materials is a 1d4 slash 1d6. For uh, versatile if you do it two-handed. Uh, types of wood is 1d6 slash 1d8. 
Uh, types of stone or metal is 1d8 slash 1d10. Types of elementals is 1d10 slash 1d12. And then the adamantine is 1d12. And all successful hits are considered critical. So you said you're using like a whip-like material? Yes. So that would be like the leather fabric or other soft materials? It wouldn't be wood, stone, metal, elemental, or adamantine. So it uh, looks like you'd be a 1d4 slash 1d6. Okay, 1d4. Unless you're doing it two-handed, then it's 1d6. 1d6. <laughs> Roll the 6, plus 5 is 11. Good call, Paul. I completely forgot that I had a picture of that saved on my phone. Paul, this is... You're, you're always so smart. That's why, the, that's why this works. All right, so 11 on the first hit. If I use my uh, stunning strike where I like use a Kai point to stun him, is that like that's a bonus action? I only get one of those, correct? Um, each time that you want to use stunning strike, you just have to spend a Kai point. So you could spend a Kai point on every single attack that you make. Um, it's gotcha. And just however many attacks that you have, you can spend it. You can make it stunning. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'll use my extra unarmed strike. And are you going to make it stunning? If I hit, I gotta see here. I'm gonna roll a 17. That'll hit. Excellent. And I rolled another 6, so that'd be an 11. Alright, so that's a total of 22 damage. And you're gonna make that a stunning strike? I would like to. Okay, so what is your DC save? It'd be a 16. And he makes a constitution saving throw. Rolled a natural 19, so the uh, robed figure is not stunned. Okay, and then... Do I still get a second attack, or is that just the other guys? Or, no, I can take another attack, right? Yeah, you because you have the extra attack function. I rolled a 19. That will also hit. And the damage, I rolled another 6, so it'd be another 11. So 33 damage total. I was going to say, if he's not dead, I'm going to burn another Kai point. Not dead yet. I'm going to burn another Kai point to stun him. Okay. That's a constitution saving throw. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. Bales with a 13. Excellent. So he is stunned until the end of my next turn. And stunned, uh, just as a reminder, means that the creature is incapacitated, can't move, can't, and can only speak falteringly, automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws, and all attack rolls against that creature have advantage. And incapacitated means can't take actions or reactions. So that is going to be very helpful. Uh, Ambionitis, you are up next. Yeah, so the guy that I just put two shots into, um, I'm going to try to murder him. So I'm going to take a swing at his knees, and then I'm going to take a swing overhand at his head and just try to drive it further into his ass. So for the knee shot, 18. Hit. And the headshot, well over 25. All right, let's see what kind of damage you deal. Eight for one, 12 for the other. So a total of 20 damage? Yes. Okay. thought this was Dungeons & Dragons, not a goddamn math test. Well, the math on that test uh, shows that the armored individual is still alive. Die. Since Ambionite is dropping straight on his head, probably shattered both of his uh, ankles there. Can we start calling him Neil? 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I have too oh many Oh my points. goodness. <laughs> Stop. And that brings us to the first robed figure, which is the one that was dealing with Jet. Tries to make some sort of spell, it seems, but there are little cuckoo birds just flying around this uh, robed figure's head and clearly cannot do anything of worth this turn. So the second robed figure, which is opposite of Ambionitis, is going to Misty Step and... That is going to take them 30 feet across the room. They're going to run another 20 feet and then pull the alarm. Digs. Mm. So Ben fucked the entire plan up. Well, it's yeah. all right, we're rolling with it. Uh, I, I guess I was the one who... To shout, get fucked. I mean, ultimately, that's like, after I would have yelled it, I would have said, oh shit, and then I was still going to be using my mage hand to fly over and grab the rope and lift it like, pull it up in the air high enough where they couldn't reach it. Yeah, but you never said that you did that. I don't know. Like, I came up with the plan, and then I uh, ruined it all. I never never did what my one job was to do. I mean, I also kind of screwed the pooch. My first action should have been to cast my silence and then use a bonus to try the stunning strike, but I think we, you know, yeah, we can say we both kind of missed our opportunity, and we just run with it, try to escape this with a... I'll cast darkness next time. So me and Ambionitis are the only ones actually did our jobs. Yep. Or somebody cast minor illusion. Hello there. I just recently finished watching the Clone Wars, so uh, I'm a bit of I'm I'm in a bit of a Star Wars mood. Been binging the show and the films, and it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully all you wonderful listeners are having fun with our episode and are now in a pleasant death-saving bros mood. That being said, if you're like me and need to get your hands on more of our content, we encourage you to become a patron at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. You'll get access to exclusive episodes, including our new Death Saving Bros lore series, uh, as well as conversational recaps, bloopers, and more. Tiers start as low as $2, but no matter what level you can pledge, know that we appreciate all of your support. Another way that you can support us is by leaving us a 5-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. It helps boost our position on the podcast charts, and we love hearing your feedback. Seriously, us hosts... Every time we see a review, we share them with one another. And as a thank you, we will read any reviews that we receive on the air. Now that the campaign is starting to ramp up, uh, we've started planning ahead for the end of this first major arc. I'm super excited about it, and we've got big plans. There's still much work to be done, but just know that we continue to look forward and continue to try and make this story as terrific as possible. If you ever feel like showcasing that you're a listener of our show, we have a great selection of Death Saving Bros merchandise available now on redbubble.com. Last month, we reorganized and expanded some of the available items, so go have a look, maybe treat yourself, and uh, pick up some swag. 
The last thing I always like to do before getting you back to the episode is to recognize those that have made this show possible. Will Savino and The Boy King of Idaho continue to amaze with their fantastic music, and we're happy to feature their work on this show. You can get access to their music by visiting patreon.com musicd20 for Will Savino and his Music D20 project, or patreon.com boykingofidaho for tracks by Boy King of Idaho. And of course, there's no one to thank more for their support than our patrons. Those who pledge at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the episode, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher, so they get their supporter shout-out right now. Ryan Cushman, 2 Times Tyler, and Gene L. Jackson. Thank you all for your support. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. So the second robed figure pulls the alarm. Dalvia just puts her head in her hands and goes, I knew this wasn't going to work. Brixius mimics and does the exact same thing as I put my hand in my head and say, I also knew this wasn't going to work. It was my plan. Why would we even try to go with my plan in the first place? I'm not the plan maker. Uh, Hexor. Hexor also goes, I knew this wasn't going to work. <laughs> you just got to cast an illusion to make the alarm sound like birds chirping or something. I, I, I cannot do that. Where's Abe, the other magic user? I'm a magic user. Use magic then. I don't have anything that I can use in this instance. You want me to summon a ghost horse to like run through the halls? I don't know. I'm still waiting for my turn and then I'll improvise from there. Hexor is going to do the same thing and put his head in his hands and go, I knew this wasn't going to work. I can't reach the mage with any of my spells to make him stop. It is over 40 feet. I have sometimes found that if you just try a little bit harder, sometimes you can go beyond the range of the spell. I don't see how that is possible. So instead, I suppose that I shall just cast Fireball. That that also works. I'm always a fan of Fireball. However, I will say, you could always try it. You just might feel very tired afterwards and fall down. (laughs) All right, so he's going to cast Fireball uh, at fourth level, which is 96, and it is going to catch uh, Jet, the stunned mage, the mage that is pulling the alarm, Prothean, and the the knight that is down there all at once. Get fucked. And actually, now I I take that back. So um, Hexor is a high enough level that he has uh, a thing called spell shape, and he's able to make sure that he can pick out his allies so that the spell does not hit his allies. So I take that back. Jet and uh, Prothean, you do not get hit by this spell. So 44 damage is how much Hexor deals, and because of the spell shape, it won't hit Jet or Prothean. Uh, but 44 damage will kill both of the mages, and then the knight actually was successful on the saving throw, so is only going to take 22 damage. That means 
that knight is still alive. And that brings us to Brixius' turn. Yeah, well, this is fun now. Uh, sorry, that's, uh, but I didn't do my first part of this plan, everybody. Fuck li- you. <laughs> Protheon's just yelling up from the floor. <laughs> I shout really loud over the balcony. I had one job and I didn't do it. I'm sorry, everybody. I know this was my plan and I didn't do the only thing I was supposed to do here. The easiest job. Stop wasting time and shuriken the guard. It's not a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, so at this point, only the two knights are still alive. One is directly below you fighting off Ambionitis and the other one is fighting with Prothean. One fighting with Prothean's about to die. The alarm bell is still ringing back and forth, but it's no longer being pulled, so it's just dong, 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 slowly fading. Okay, I was going to say, did it stop? Like, do I have to worry about stopping it anymore? Uh, It's already been rung, so it got at least three or four bongs out before it settled down. I'd like to do a quick pause. Are there any subsequent, like... Subsequent? You mean subsequent? Yeah, like, potato, potato. But when you let, you know, when the one bell rings, is it like a chain where that causes, like, somebody else to ring a bell and it's like a line to let somebody know further away? Like, do we hear any other bells? Uh, you haven't yet. Now, my question is, the door to this throne room, is it one of those doors where, like, how you see in the movies when, like, somebody goes to, like, open or they want to, like, barricade a door, they, like, slide a piece of wood through something so that it, like, can't open? Like, is there a way to lock it like that from the inside just by sliding something, like, through the handles or something? Or... Bar the door. Yeah, is it, like, possible to, like, bar this door? It doesn't have just an easy block of wood. Uh, The door is... Have you seen Prisoner of Azkaban where they lock up the castle and then, like the barricade comes out of the door and then goes down and then there are all sorts of different switches in how the the doors are actually barricaded. No, I have not. No, it's a shame. It's a really cool sequence. Um, So the door has all these different sorts of like carvings and bars and gears and stuff in the door. So it would take either an arcana or an investigation check to figure out how to operate the door. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to do that, I guess, because I am fully confident in Ambionice's and Protheans' ability to finish their, their fight, to slay their foe. So, I want to do something useful, and I haven't done anything useful yet. I've kind of done everything the opposite of useful up until now. Um... So in order to check this out, would I need to drop down and be close enough to the door at that point? And if that is the case, can I make it there this turn? How far can you run? 30 feet. All right, 30 feet. Uh, with an appropriate acrobatics check. Now, my next big question here is, is there a curtain kind of on the edges of the balcony that we're on where it might be a better approach for me just to grab the curtain and Tarzan swing my way down there? Uh, like, if it, like, if I held it and, like, jumped out over the edge of the balcony, would it swing myself back down underneath or any way closer to the door? You could try Tarzan swinging and launching yourself at the door, and that would allow you to get there in time with a proper athletics check, or you could acrobatics 
leap off the balcony and just throw yourself into the air and try and get close to the door. Well, I guess I'm going to have to go with just hurling my dead weight off because my acrobatics is better than my athletics check for whatever godforsaken reason. So, that is what I'll do. 18. That's actually exactly what I had set the DC at. Thank goodness. Go ahead and uh, describe to me how you launch yourself from the balcony to arrive in front of the door. Very ungraceful, I must say. (laughs) It's one of those, I went to go, if there was like a little railing at the top of the balcony, it's like one of those where you almost go like you're going to jump and put a foot on the railing to jump over it, but your first foot kind of misses, so you just really stumble and trip yourself. Really smack your sack on the railing because <laughs> yeah. you overshoot it. More, more. I went to put my first foot up on the railing to kind of push off of it, and it just kind of missed uh, and fell short. And then I hit my shin, and then I, I tumbled forward. Now, since I had so much momentum coming off of it, I still have the distance there. It just does not look graceful in any way. The railing slightly breaks, actually, as I go through it. Like, some of the... It just kind of comes with me. I kind of just fall right through the damn railing. <laughs> All right. Uh, you come crashing down to earth. Uh, because you are leaping off a balcony, you're going to take fall damage. That's fine. Uh, total of eight damage. And you do a somersault as you hit the ground and you land directly in front of the door. You may go ahead and make either an arcana or investigation check to figure out how to operate the door. Uh, That's going to be a uh, 13 Arcana right there. You think you know how to operate the door, but you cannot make any move this turn. That's pretty good. I'm I'm thinking. That's all that matters. (laughs) Uh, Dalvia then is going to use her turn to cast far step so that she is now next to Brixius right next to the door she is just standing there with you with her sword drawn the hell do you have that there for I didn't even know you own a sword do you know how to use that of course I know how to use a sword I've known how to use a sword since I was five wouldn't you want to just keep doing your magic shit she uses the sword to shave your beard of feathers real quick. I would kill her. <laughs> Just Zoro's it right off your face. I've had the proper teaching since I was since I was six. Uh, that then brings us to uh, the knight that Prothean is attacking. That knight is going to attack Prothean twice and start yelling, Guards! Guards! Intruders! He didn't silence him when he had the chance. I would have had time if someone would have blocked the bell. Hey! Hey! Sorry. I fucked up. Yep. Prothean, does a 13 hit you? Fuck no. Does a 17 hit you? Uh, my armor class is 17. So fuck yes. So fuck yeah. Fuck maybe. Fuck yeah. That's going to be a total of 11 damage, 11 slashing damage as he manages to draw his sword, uh, cutting you across the chest as he draws it. And then the next person up is Prothean. I'm going to, right in between, I'm assuming he's wearing like a great helm. I'm going to like jam my hand underneath it, like reaching for his neck and cast Inflict Wounds. I'm not going to add a, a natural 19. I'm just going to assume I'm hitting with that. 
You know, you shouldn't assume because it makes an ass out of you and me. But yes, a 19 natural will hit. Cast 5d10. Let's fuck this motherfucker. 30 damage. All right, 30 damage. Uh, what's it look like when you kill the knight? I'm jamming my hand up into grabbing his throat underneath his great helm, saying, Tom, I'm setting another one. Wow. And then slamming his head against the door because I'm about to use a different spell on him my next turn. Well, the knight is dead now. Yeah, I know. I'm holding him up. Oh, oh, I, I know what you're going to use. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to resurrect him, tell him to walk out the door and say it's a false alarm. Then the other knight is with Ambionitis, and that knight is going to do the same thing, try and push Ambionitis away, draw his greatsword, and uh, stab twice. Ambionitis does a 16 hit your armor class. Uh, yeah, it meets. Okay, so then that will be two hits, because the next one is a 17. That is going to be a total of 21 damage. And you are not raging, so you don't have that reduced. And that soldier is also going to be shouting, Guards! Guards! Brings us back to the top of the order. Jet, you are next to the two dead mages and the alarm bell pulley. Uh, you are 20 feet away from Prothean and his dead knight. And you are 50 feet away from Ambionitis and the last living knight. The guy yelling guards? Yes. So as I am dashing to the guy yelling guards, I would like to change my composition staff into a... Oh, I gotta pull up the thing again to see what it would count as. Okay, if you use that action, then you would have to use Kai points to use your bonus action for Flurry of Blows if you want to attack at all. Hmm. Okay. I'll just, uh... I will I will point out that this knight looks like they are barely standing. No, that's fine. I'll just, um, as I'm running up to him in that case, I will put my staff of composition in my pocket, holstering it. Not taking any actions. By the time I get about five feet from this guy... I'm going to leap into the air and just double kick him in the face like a nice donkey kick from what I've learned in my many years of training here or what seems like many years of training here. Brixius gets a hard on. Well, first he's got to land it. Let's see if Jet can do it. Natural 20. And it spills a little. You hear a ding on my codpiece. (laughs) (laughs) Not only do I get a hard on, but I think I let a little dribble go after that too. You just hear, guards, and he just gets pounded. Guard! Brixies' legs give out from underneath him. <laughs> Careful, it's his ACL. <laughs> Fucking slow-mo capture as two feet straight into the jaw. The jaw goes all wibble-wobble, and teeth and gore go spraying against the back wall of the throne room. And since he got knocked out, I'm going to be like, all right, does anybody else hear any alarms? Like, is there any other sign of people coming here? people by the door, do they want to... So I guess that would be Prothean. You want to give me a perception check? Yeah, and while that's going on, can I also cast a um, spell to bring Animate the Dead? Yeah, what is that spell actually called? Uh, I think it's called Animate the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked. Also, so Animate Dead, not the dead, just Animate Dead. 
Okay, so this spell creates an undead servant, a bones or corpse, a foul mimicry of life is created. On each of your turns, you can use a bonus action to mentally command any creature made with this spell if it is within 60 feet of you. You decide which action the creature will take and where it will move. Or you can issue a general command. If no command is issued, the creature only defends itself against hostiles. Uh, once given an order, the creature continues to follow until its task is complete. The creature remains under your control for 24 hours, after which it stops obeying any command. And then you must cast the spell again if you wish to ma maintain control for another 24 hours. Uh, it doesn't say any sort of limit on whether or not it can speak. It has a mimicry of life, so I'm assuming that means it's mimicking life. and could talk. Um, I mean, I don't see anything that says that it can't talk, so yeah. Just wanted to make sure that your plan could come to fruition. But if you're going to reanimate the dead, it does take a minute to cast. So you won't be able to do a perception check, and you will need to hope that nobody comes for the next minute. I'm going to do that, and if they do come into it, hopefully they're going to still be outside the door so this guy can tell them to leave. Well, also, uh, I know you're saying people by the door can make a check. Aren't Dalvia and myself both by the door because we were studying it? Yes, thank you. You are also by the door. So while Prothean is starting to reanimate this corpse, why don't you go ahead and give me a perception check, Brixius? 18. All right, you listen at the door, and you do hear bells. Guys, either uh, Santa and his reindeer are outside... Or they're signaling for more people because I still hear the jingle bells. I'm walking on it. All right, quick, everybody come towards me. I'm going to cast Pass Without Trace. And then we need to figure out what direction we need to go in and get there ASAP. Why don't we just... Guys, listen. I've been studying this door for a solid six seconds. I think I know how this door works. We just got to lock it. And then we could be in this room... And then we can do our staffy staff thing, and then we could escape out the top floor. Back underneath the curtains and go out the way we came. After we see what we've needed. So let's lock this door. Brixius, go ahead and give me a another arcana check God damn it. to try and um, barricade the door. Aha, this one's going to be 20. Yes, uh, you are able to successfully locate the lever that activates the... That's all it was, was a lever? God, you're dumb. Yep, and then as soon as you pull that lever, you see a bunch of the carvings, like there is a laurel wreath that starts turning, and as it turns, it turns another, uh, like, a treetop, and then you see the tree trunk start rotating in place, and that becomes a bar against the door, and then you see a ship start moving across the face of the door and it goes across the seam and suddenly all of these pictures and carvings are barricading the door. Quick, while that's locked, I have the staff. Throw me the piece and I'll put the puzzles together. I'll put the piece in the thing with the key. Yeah, I think all we need to do is put the staff on that thing. That's why we... You said before the episode started, too, something about that as well with, like, we need to put the diadem on the... Th I don't think that's it. I think we just need to put the put the staff in. That's my plan. I'm going to go find the keyhole on the throne with my staff and try to insert and twist 
and or activate. Give me an investigation check to locate uh, a keyhole for your staff. We should have a general idea of where it's at from the that's okay. scripture. Well, that's okay. It's, it comes with intelligence, and I don't have a great one. Has a minute passed yet? A minute has not passed yet, Prothean. Damn it. I rolled another natural 20. Your 20 does not indicate any sort of space where the staff should be placed. No, that's the thing. That's the thing, guys. Listen, it's not necessarily a keyhole. It was... If we think back to what the uh, what the thing said, it was... said I had to put the diamond on the throne while holding the staff. Right, so... So I need the damn diamond. Yeah, we don't need the diadem. That's what we're looking for. We need the heart of Sargonis. Toss it here. Yeah, I, uh... So you know when I when I fucked up with uh, pulling the rope and then it took me a long time to find the lever? Um, Did you also lose the heart of Sargonis in the mix? That's the thing. Me and W were so close that uh, I let him hold on to it. Dalvia speaks up and says, No, Ambionitis has had it this entire time. <laughs> Fooled yet? <laughs> you should have seen the look on your face, Jet. You fell for it. I did. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I did. Oh, my. That's funny. Ambionitis. Uh, At that very moment, Prothean's corpse becomes rigid and then starts shaking as it is reanimated. Holy shit, I spear it. The reanimation just starts yelling, guards! I'm gonna tell the um, corpse to go outside the door and tell everyone to false alarm. I just locked the door. No, I go over I there and so. I... Tell them false alarm if they don't believe them. Kill as many as you can. No, th- the door is locked. I am not unlocking Unlo- it here. Unlock and let them out. You stop them. I think if that not, might you'll kill them. I kill the corpse. Stop might- it. It might take at least another... I draw my great sword. You're wrong, Prothean. It must, this might take at least another two Arcana checks to get this relocked again. Yeah, it's but, a switch. Well, it's a magic switch. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now, if we open the door, by the time that opens, did you see all the things fucking twisting and turning? That takes a good 20 seconds, it seems like. We only let you reanimate this body because we thought you were just going to kill him again anyway. I thought it was going to be your pets. I thought you were going to put a collar on it. A leash, maybe. I don't keep infidels as pets. Ambionitis, I need your backup in this situation. They're not listening to me anymore. Or at the very least, we need you to throw me the heart of Sargonis. Jet didn't like my joke, how I saw, said we gave it to W because we <laughs> we thought it'd be funny beforehand and he left off with it. But no, there's a couple big things going on here. There's number one, we need you to give the heart of Sargonis to Jet so it could be on the throne so he could hold the staff. Tell number your brother to open the door so I can let this corpse out to convince him to leave. I finally pulled the lever using my arcana <laughs> and we locked it and now he wants to open the door to let his corpse go out there and try to tell everybody it was a false alarm when i think we should just kill his corpse because i don't want to reopen the door at the chance that by the time that that happens the army would be there and hexor calls down from the balcony and says ambionitis you should make a decision we need this settled so we can get <laughs> out of here Open the goddamn door. Hmm. I say kill the corpse. Hmm. I say give me the heart. <laughs> I really thought someone stole a heart from me. I still have it. Yeah, it's right here in your pocket. <laughs> it's my prison wallet. Alright, so I'll grab it and fastball chuck it at Jet. <laughs> and then take my warhammer and smash the corpse's head. I could still def- I'll just have it all hold the door. Like Hodo in this human sacrifice it. 
Have it as cold to gods as the long as possible. The door is already locked by magical means. We do not need to open it to let a dead corpse out there. Fine, let's leave him by the door in case I try knocking on it. Tell him to leave that way. Sure, he could stay by the door and shout through the door. That's fine. Oh, I already rolled for... Yeah, I mean, I just already lopped his head off. <laughs> yeah, the fucking cucks. I had a great idea, but no. How much health does a zombie have? So this fastball of a Sargana's heart is going to smack me straight in the diaphragm. <laughs> and I'm going to lose my breath for a minute. And the staff breaks. <laughs> Hold on, let me, uh, let me roll for speed. Roll a D100, see if you can get up to 100 miles per hour fastball. I got you. And then Jet, you're going to have to counter roll 100 to see how fast of a fucking 104 heater you can catch. How does that even happen? How do you roll a D100 and roll a 104? Well, I rolled this, and I rolled this. I rolled double zeros, which is 100. And then a 4, so that'd be 104. When you're rolling it as a D100, double zeros, whatever you're rolling for the 10s column, that is the number that you use. So a 0 would be 0, and then you would add 4. So you actually threw it at 4 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. The way that you would get up to 100 would be if you rolled a 9 for 90, and then you rolled a 0 on the 1s, which is equivalent to a 10, and that then equals 100. <laughs> All I know is you cocked up to put so much behind it, and it actually flew in slow motion. <laughs> but the trajectory, <laughs> it's going it straight, spiked it. but so slow. So... Yeah, you wind up, and then you just lob it. It's not even a lob. That is that is impressive how slow-mo that is. Like, I have enough time to watch it and just be like, guys, do you see what's happening? There's actually a uh, slight, like, it's like a time thing there, where even though it hits my hand in slow motion, it still breaks my wrist. Okay. Do you want a broken wrist yet? No, I don't. <laughs> it, it stings a little. I go, ah. And then I activate. I combine, I activate, I put heart and throne and key and heart and wave them around and try to figure this out. Okay, where does the diamond go? So there's the indentation for the diamond on the back of the throne. Correct. Good memory. Yeah, so there is an indentation on the headdress in the rear of the throne where the diamond does fit. And then you are holding the staff, and you're currently behind the throne. Nothing's happening. So, okay, I I, I put hmm, diamond in slot. I have staff. Nothing is happening. Um, I don't think this is crazy enough to just be activated by a magic word. Jet, try... Well, first of all, do we want Jet to be the one doing this? Whatever. Jet, try sitting... In the booty cheek impl- indentations while holding the staff because it says hold staff in it. So if you sit there, maybe the pressure plus holding the staff. I sit. As soon as you sit on the throne holding the staff of Parmar, you feel a sudden weight on your brow. And those that are watching Jet, you see that a silver circlet has appeared atop Jet's brow. And just as that is happening, Prothean and Brixius, who are still both at the door, you can hear scrabbling on the other side and clunking as somebody appears to be trying to break through the barricade. 
I'm gonna tell the zombie to say it's a false alarm, go away. The zombie got absolutely smashed by Ambionitis's hammer, but it isn't dead yet. The it's zombies just... can operate without their yeah, they can their their head can talk, although it's detached from the body. That's how we do this, right? It's like Yeah, I'm pretty sure I went after its head. Its head is absolute mush, but its jaw still works and its larynx <laughs> is intact. <laughs> yeah, it's just join. <laughs> it obeys Protein's command and shouts through the door, false alarm, everything's okay. Protein, why don't you go ahead and roll me a persuasion check using your stats. 21. There's a pause on the other end. You don't hear anybody speaking back, but there is a pause. And Ambionitis Cure Hammer is braced against the wall and this jaw is still moving. Are that thing's still fucking talking? And I whip my war hammer up against it as well. Hopefully loud enough that it sounds like something big just thudded against the door to yet again foil everything we're trying to do. Everything's fine! <laughs> it's all under control now. Yeah, so Brixius thuds his hammer against uh, the zombie. The zombie is now dead again. Uh, Dalvia has her head in her hands. Hexor is up there leaning over the balcony, looking down on Jet, and Jet is atop the throne with the circlet on his head and the diamond placed in the back of the throne, the staff of Parmar held in his hand. And I guess I look at Hexor and I say, hey, uh, Hexor, why don't you do that thing where you uh, teleport us all out of here to safety? Back to the uh, back to the inn. So everybody saw the silver crown-like thing appear around Jet's head, and when I feel the weight, a voice in the back of my head, I just hear a something compelling me. Join the Diadem Exorius. Join it. Join it. As the voices continue to grow and get louder and louder, eventually it compels me. I take the... I have the staff, I just reach behind the throne, and I have the heart, and I combine the pieces. And that's where we're going to end our episode. It's 100% your fault. I, I, I own up to things. So uh, we'll find out the consequences of your actions next time on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode... You can reach out to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave a five-star rating and review. We would love to hear from you, and any reviews that are left for us will get read on the air. If you're itching for some more content uh, in between episodes, you can head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros, where you'll find exclusive content including bloopers, conversational recaps, and by the end of January 2021 extra episodes we are always available for contact on social media at death saving bros on facebook twitter instagram and reddit if you'd like to reach out to me personally i am available at hp camper on twitter you can find me at benfro 15 on twitter i'm at ima underscore b underscore rad you can follow the reddit at death saving bros Maybe one day I'll get my call sign for Ham Radio on here. And Matt Smith, you can follow at Fat Smith on the PlayStation Network. 
For all those of you who are listening in your cars, in your homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Cool Vibes, Hitman, and On the Shores are by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. These tracks are licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from Filmmusic.io. The songs Belly of the Beast Combat, Blinka's Temper, Defending Varenspear, Honor in the Storm Strings, In the Court of Annis and Lavender, In the Court of Annis and Lavender Epic, Ironwood, and Renouncing the Oath, our copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The song Frozen Village, Day, Peace, is by the Boy King of Idaho at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The tracks Silent Motion, Silent Raid, and War Horde are music by Orchestralis. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.